you fucking happy, Brad? I pushed the button. Yay! And I don't have to Hi, hear everybody. about fucking kung fu anymore. We're this we're thank you for uh, listening. What I'm Brad. Doing? What are you doing? What is this show? I think he, I, I, he's hijacking it. Hi, you Chris. are hijacking it. You son of a bitch! What? You turned it on? No, we you, are recording, you, are we you, not? I right? can't believe we you. have a special not even guest, a, Chris. not even a little bit of banter. You're just gonna <laughs> fucking plunge right into it and just railroad everything. No lube. Didn't well, even spit I on it. it. Just fucking railroading, but I would simply say hello thank you for tuning in and i'm here with my lovely co-host this is hpv i'm chris <laughs> and we have a glorious special guest with us today hey. who is actually uh chris's co-host yeah, in horror yeah. vomit <laughs> he's the other half of the network yeah please introduce yourself i would be james marino the other guest hosty kind of type person no you're, you're a guest here you son of a bitch said, don't you try i led with guest hosty don't type you person. encroach on this I led he did with guest uh, worlds are colliding <sighs> worlds are colliding like george costanza hey hey brad <laughs> james <laughs> chris i uh i i was very pleased to bring you both this <laughs> today because uh i got to share my love of the movie replicas with yeah. the both of you. <laughs> Replicas with Keanu Reeves, which I did not even know existed. Uh-huh. Which was fantastic. What year was this movie? 2018. Okay, 2018. So, mm -hmm. fairly contemporary sci-fi movie. And, um... He had been John Wick at this point, yeah. Exactly. Which, if you so, saw the physicality in this movie, it's hard to see. Yep. Well, okay, all right, now... <laughs> now... Let's face it, one of the things that I find actually endearing... Yes, you have two lit cigarettes there, James. Yeah, well yeah. done. I only get to do this once a week, so I'm like... <laughs> lost your damn mind. I have, I have. But Keanu's got that broken knee from his motorcycle accident, right? Uh-huh. So he's always got that hobbling walk. And no matter what he does, he'll never be able to get rid of that because it's part of a medical... I mean, he fucked up his leg, yeah. right? So I always find it kind of endearing that here's Keanu just sort of hobbling around, even when he's doing John Wick and he's fighting like three or four guys and his, you know, it's just like, just don't hit the knee. Just don't hit him in his knee. We <laughs> already know fine. it's rickety, you know, but... Uh, it's really on the fritz. <laughs> yeah, but you can't kill John Wick. And, uh, and yeah, so this is like a pre-John Wick whatever, and he's, he's in really good shape. And so, um, so I gotta say, I was really okay. We're gonna talk about things, but but I gotta say, overall, I was really I thought this was a pretty good movie. So I I, I kind of already spilled the beans to you, Brad, but I, mm. I guess I will let everybody else know why I brought this, like specifically why I brought this. Do tell. Yeah. Because this is a straight from the 80s action movie made in 2018. Uh -huh. It's a plot that doesn't need to make sense, mm. but just what's the wildest ass thing that could possibly happen? Yeah. You set this exact plot to just a cocaine driven piece of shit in 1987, mm -hmm. and yeah. it would be almost structurally the same. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that script actually was a layover in some studio and had been lingering for a while and somebody just threw Keanu enough cash to actually finally get it made. That wouldn't surprise me at all. The only thing I would I'd kind of um, hedge a little bit on is I don't really think this is so much an action movie so much as it is one of those sci-fi thriller things because there aren't really any... Um, major combat sequences or things yeah, people right. do get shot yeah 
and there is violence. Yeah, but it's it's certainly nowhere near a John Wick thing, and it's not like um, like a, a halfway movie, like say um, Witness, where there's um, a big shoot 'em up at the end, even though there's like all of these you know beauty and and character moments before getting to the actual violence, you know. Um, but still, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, James, you want to tell us the plot of the story here? How does this oh, kick fuck off? fuck me running. That's now, right. How much, how much did you pay him? How much did you pay him to fuck me up like that? I don't pay bridge. Fair no, enough. No, fuck no. No, no. Okay, Chris no. and I have a very wonderful um, free speech sort of um, back and forth banter. So, I mean, you're clear to say whatever you want. If, if however, we say something that, that seems a little bit weird, don't be surprised if we, uh, you know... Comment well, some, something this weird is, coming out I, of my mouth. I, How dare you, sir? Well, if you can't do it, I can synopsize <laughs> no, can this very, very easily it. in about yeah. 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. It's the story of the world's greatest monster. Yes. Crimes against nature. Yes. And God. See, a, now, a, I would dispute that, too. A, com- a complete mad scientist. Okay, yes. That <laughs> I agree with. What did we say earlier? It was... Dr. Frankenstein and Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I that's, robot. That's basically what what the mashup is. The end is kind of I robot, but I still lean less towards that, very much less towards that, and more towards the the Terminator mm. kind of a, a model. Well, see, but, the reason I mentioned I robot specifically though is not speci- not just because of the robot, but Asimov did go through this whole thing mm-hmm. about. What is uh, the whole thing I was talking about earlier about what is considered a human or a person? What are your rights? Consciousness. Whether that is consciousness, you is the corporeal body, you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I actually threw in the iRobot because that's talked on. You know, they talked about rights in the positronic brain. If it mimics the human brain enough, is it less than human? Does it have rights? So it touches on all the same things. Well, this movie doesn't really touch on those questions, but what it does do that is similar to the iRobot movie itself is it shows that um, this mechanical being is sentient in such a way that it is put in control of these sophisticated um, procedures and is essentially entrusted with multi-billion dollar... um, not only an organization, but the lives of the people who are done there. So from that perspective, I'd say, yeah, that very much falls into that kind of um, um, integration of mm-hmm. the science and the mechanical man and all of that sort of thing. But those other uh, more philosophical questions and things, this movie doesn't really dwell on that because it moreover focuses on the the philosophical question of whether or not and it doesn't really spend a lot no. of time on this question. It doesn't come to spend think a lot of, of time answering any no. moral but questions whatsoever. Because again, whether the only or time not Keanu he... should even resurrect his dead family, spoiler, his family dies. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, again. Almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, okay. So, Dr. Uh, Frankenstein and Terminator. So, synopsis of the script. Basically, what happens is 
uh, Keanu Reeves is uh, head of a scientific research department in Puerto Rico. They have independent uh, billionaire-level investment. Keanu th thinks he's working for some sort of nonprofit, doesn't really give a fuck because he's fully funded. Then at some point, it's clear that they're not being very successful with what they're doing. The project is facing being defunded. On the very day he gets told that, the idiot goes out in a rainstorm with his family, gets, all right, all right, gets on, them all on. killed. No, not no, done. No. Once his family's all dead. No, because we're yes. skipping over the fact that the research that Keanu Reeves is doing at the beginning <coughs> is literally causing uh, hell for an individual. Oh. Well, I'm just, I'm oh, just doing, yeah. broad, no, I'm just doing broad no, brush strokes no. right now. We're not we doing broad strokes. Details. No, we're going to get into details as we go. God damn it. Details. Details. So he resurrects his family. It becomes God this whole it. philosophical bullshit you? thing. And then the whole wow, question becomes, what is going to happen? Motherfucker. What is going to happen with Keanu and his resurrected family? So this is, this is the main core of the movie. However, Comma. the conundrum that Chris is talking about is this very real freaking conundrum because they're basically fishing out these dead bodies from where? They're um, donated? They're, no, they are... Uh, I thought they war. were soldiers, yeah. Yeah, soldiers. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, okay. so soldiers are uh, finding themselves volunteered for a project. They're already dead. They have no say whatsoever in what's happening. They probably signed a waiver when they enlisted. Oh, I'm sure they did. Well, this yeah, the, okay, yeah, the, yeah. So as government soldiers, it's true your body because does become government property. That is technically true. However, I'm sure they didn't realize that that meant that their very uh, neurological profile, their psyche, their consciousness, their soul, whatever you want to call it, is going to be patterned by some computer and then placed in a robot that's designed to look like a human. You have no idea. No. You're basically just waking up to a, a computer synthesis vision. You have no skin. Yeah, but you're, I will, I will say this. You're strapped down in a chair. From personal experience, it took me six hours to sign my enlistment papers. I had to sign this. I had to sign that. I had uh -huh. to sign... For all I know, they can show up and, uh, you know, take parts out of me right now and show me where I signed because I had no fucking idea. I just wanted to put uh -huh. that out there. Uh-huh. But, oh, yeah, well, so yeah. he is uh, shoving consciousness into a robot. And to prove that he is causing a literal hellscape for these individuals, yeah. the robot commits suicide. Yeah. That it, was I mean, bash, badass. It bashes yeah. itself apart because it is in a literal hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, now, it's this the Robocop conundrum. The philosophical questions, the pursuit of those philosophical questions are lacking because... Keep the being immediately becomes conscience, right? Its first question is, who am I? Not what am I, not where am I, but who am I? And it immediately, it's only like seen looking at its hands or looking around the room. And there's Keanu saying, your name is Sergeant. No, it's Sergeant, man. Yeah, no, just down. be cool. <laughs> and Sergeant only says, who am I in this sort of thing? And basically, while the entity placed in this robot and activated is questioning its very existence it suddenly starts ripping itself apart at the face at areas where essentially it's like you know if you're gonna kill yourself it's smashing its face apart yeah uh-huh so it's a kind of abuse that's also really um 
self-destructive of the identity. You're destroying your own face to get to your, I mean, so, so how else do people recognize each other? How do they, you know, all of that stuff. And it's, it's literally destroying itself. They decide to uh, shut, they turn it off. Right? Yeah. Keanu unplugs it. Yeah. And they're like, well, the interface didn't work. We don't know why. Yeah, and they literally just shrug at it and go, ah, shit, that one didn't work, too. No Next. no thought of what they had just done. Right, and, and again, and, and, and it was even kind of hinted at in the movie. It's like, okay, well, we better get another subject right now. Yeah. Fuck the fact yeah, they're that gonna that take just our happened. Money. <laughs> they're going to do it again, yeah. regardless of ethics. Yeah, 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 because it's not that... Um, it's not that... Uh, they're like paying per per body it's that the budget ends at the end of the financial quarter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they're trying to get as much done as they can within a certain time frame and always breathing over their neck is this guy mr jones mr jones who's basically the corporate devil persona who's in there saying oh keanu we need you to have more results on subject three Four, five, three, four, five. five four. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he's there, and honestly, um, there are a lot of very bad ways to play that character. Very one-note character. He's written one note, and I will say that this guy, it wasn't like he, he made the effort. Yeah, it wasn't like he he gave you know deep performance that was really somehow emotional touching, but you could tell. This was an actor who was like, okay, let me try and do something with this bad guy to at least make him a little bit more interesting. It was this very subtle heel turn. Yeah. And it was subtle. It was subtle to begin with because at the at very beginning, his, emote, his emoting always was like, I'm doing this thing. It didn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. This was his yeah, thing. Yeah, very much corporate, right. just putting and it out there. Even, I, even that passionless way, he was like, well, these are all sub test subjects. We're going to have to kill him. And by the way, you're going to give me what I want anyway. Yeah. And also, I would like to bring up too, when they say that the, what it would be, three, four, four, that it didn't work because it committed suicide. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that it didn't work. I well, mean, it could true. have worked perfectly, and the human consciousness is not meant to be put in a robot. Well, yeah. Well, Especially when it does not know that it's going to be happening. They don't know that that failed. Mm. It may have worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Well, you know, that actually, that brings up an interesting question, not only into the scientific approach of the um, research that they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish, but also the approach in terms of how the script itself was written because uh, we've already noted the uh, empathy, the compassion, the sort of sense of this uh, higher impact about what the research is doing. We don't really see that in the characters. We certainly don't see it in how the um, characters act within these scenes. Like there is not one individual who is shocked that this... Uh, this robotic man literally destroyed itself destroyed rather itself. than stay in this body because yeah, it was violently. sentient. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was sentient enough to a point to recognize that whatever it was, whatever its conscious state was, 
as you're saying, Chris, it was a living fucking hell. Whatever that was, that was, was not... Was so bad that it needed to destroy itself immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine you, you, you know, you're booted up, as they're saying in the movie, and then you get this visual style of, like, you know, looking through these mechanical optics. You can't feel anything. You're not breathing. You don't have a sense of touch or smell or anything. In fact, you, you may not even be able to access your optics immediately because your eyes aren't there. So whatever neural pathway it was that was running to your eyes is now hooked up to who knows the fuck what. Yeah, so, so even if it was working correctly, you're in a completely foreign environment. There's some stranger in front of you telling, to, telling you you're going to be okay, and you don't have a conscious concrete sense of your own self-identity they never get into any of those questions they never go hmm well what are we actually doing to this neurological interface to handle the emotional trauma and stress of suddenly being booted up in a foreign environment with you're literally you're you're Mm -hmm. the fucking man in a box you have no tongue no, no ability to communicate with anybody, and there are people communicating with you. But that's hammered through the entire movie because that uh, baby Harry Dean Stanton continually, continually steps on his dick for that. Why, why are you doing this? this is not you know, it, it, it he, he doesn't say why are you doing. It this? was not in this he initial says, experiment. This is no, like their job, job. Well, their yeah. job, job. Yeah, but also, but they, he keeps talking, or it keeps lending, or we keep looking at um, Keanu scientists. Carelessness. There's absolutely no forethought in anything he does. Everything is last second. Oh fuck! I need to do this. Oh fuck! I need. Well, now the assistant is a good observation because remember how we were talking about earlier, the first couple of times where they successfully like, you know, bring the dead family mental pattern into the computer or you know grow them in the back of the tank or whatever the fuck they mm-hmm. do, that assistant twice they have him say. Oh, my God, I did it. Oh, I mean, we did it. Mm -hmm. So they set up this sort of thing. He's personally invested for his own fucking ego, Mm -hmm. right? And he doesn't ever really ask Keanu, why are you doing this? Oh, he He, does a lot, actually. Several times. Well, he moreover says, you know we're going to jail, right? You know this is criminal shit that you're doing, right? And at no time has, before he, we talk about the carelessness and... The not not forethought, except for this um, one experiment with the robot. Mm-hmm. He even says there's only been tested on animals and whatnot and this and that. Yeah. He doesn't know if those neural pathways are completely mapped. He just has whatever science that he has that he's going to stick into his family. But he knows it's going to work. Because uh, deep in his heart. Because we're getting way ahead here. Uh, so. Yeah, so after this uh, rousing success of destroying a man's identity and making a robot commit suicide, right. it, it is then vacation time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. They say, don't worry about it, Keanu. We're yeah. just about to take the funding out from under you. You've had another miserable failure. But go home and enjoy the weekend with your family. Uh-huh. It's Have the holiday. Fun. It's yeah. whatever fucking holiday it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Mm. Have fun. So, uh... There is a terrible car crash, and his entire family is killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, shot pretty well. 
That is a pretty goddamn terrifying car accident. And, and what I liked about that, because that really struck me the way it was filmed, because if you've been in a car crash, uh, except for a quick, like, you know, you might tense up or whatever, but the way nobody, nobody reacted until they reacted and the way it looked, it's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And there's nothing you can do once it does, and you could see that. I, I thought it was a very amazing, realistic depiction of a car accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of it's just kind of clip, clip, clip. But I, I was like there for the entire crash, which I enjoyed. Well, and the one thing that I, um, frankly, I'm thankful for, is that they went to black. Then they come back. Keanu, when Keanu comes to consciousness, mm, yeah, you see, you know, damage that has been done, but you never see the kids like all slaughtered in the back seat you know he looks in the back seat he reacts we see outside we understand and then the next shot outside of the um, crash site if mm -hmm. you will is he's carrying the youngest mm -hmm. daughter zoe and he's got his entire dead family lined up laid out <laughs> and that's what i was saying though is like yeah this is a pg-13 <coughs> film and that's yeah. a very ballsy move to straight up show dead children on screen for as well, long as they show dead children on screen. <coughs> We've talked about this many times before, though, especially in the horror movie aspect. It has to be shot in a way if you want to per, if you want to actually show something on there, you have to give a, a way for us to allow us to see that. Much like the cutting, sometimes we've seen really crappy things. We didn't see it. It was inferred. Mm -hmm. Right. We saw the shot before the shot after, and that's the only way it's okay for us to watch. And they handle that well, too. Right. Yeah. But I mean, to show us a basically a pile of a dead family on a beach, I'm oh, yeah. just saying it's a ballsy move. And I well, can't believe somebody left that in there. Well, good for that. I it mean, was it's, done I'm well. I'm not saying yeah. that it yeah. was bad. I'm not saying it was awful and they should have cut it. I'm saying that I can't believe that they left that in there, that nobody yeah. saw that and went, hey, well, maybe we should... PG-13 get... isn't what it used to be either. Yeah, well, but let I'm just me saying... frame it this way. If that movie had come out any time after 2021, mm. 2020, 21, somewhere in there, I would agree with you. Because things are so ridiculously hypersensitive now. However, even in 2018, at this point, I mean... I, that frankly is part of the reason why I spent time pointing out that edit because they showed the family. Yeah, they're dead, but they're in repose. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing the family in their actual fucking torn crash yeah, site situation. You know, now if they had done that and we're actually seeing the kids all bloodied up and everything, I would have said, fuck man, especially for a PG 13. Fuck. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fucking violent. But to see them just basically laid out like they're sleeping. Like they're sleeping. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But Keanu's going to wake him up it's again. It's a little dirt. That's does. not blood. It's okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's a very sort of... I, I definitely see your point. Absolutely. I mean, the whole family is literally... Dead on a slaughtered. beach. <laughs> slaughtered. And the context of the scene is the father is the only survivor. And the father literally somehow is able to get his family's bodies from the crash site laid out on the side of the beach in a way that is actually kind of respectful, right. you know? So from that perspective, you're just thinking, I mean, it makes Keanu 
as crazy as he progressively becomes throughout the story, you're still pretty sympathetic to him at that point. You know, he's carrying Un- little baby mm. Zoe Un- and until, all of that. Okay, until about eight seconds later when he does what any reasonable person does. He calls his assistant from work and says, hey, I need you to help me round up my family's body and bring them back to my house. Well, I will say okay, that I, immediately. I would like to roll back on this blameless bullshit because... He very clearly should not have been driving in that fucking rain. He almost mm. gets clipped by a fucking truck, yet he decides to continue on. Doesn't mm. slow down, doesn't do anything, continues on. That's on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. fuck him. He killed his family. Mm-hmm. He sure did. He is not blameless from Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. No, but I think what Brad's saying is that it does illustrate him as being like a caring father. To where it does draw in sympathy, but they immediately renege on that sympathy when he calls his buddy from work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to help him load his family's bodies into his car and bring them home. Bring them home to his because, basement. Not- because his underling from work, Thomas Middleditch, is on the beach like, dude, we need to call the police. This has been a major yeah. accident. Yeah, people what, are dead. What dead. do you mean you want me to bring your family's bodies to your home? Yeah. And Keanu's like, no, I know I can do it. Just help me bring my family back. And by the way, get as many back to tanks as you can and steal them from work because nobody's going to notice. What the fuck's a back to tank? So, and this is where, okay, so this is where it takes a real wild turn. And this is why I fucking love this movie Mm. because we started with robots. They were supplanting consciousness into robots. I was in. I was willing to go with that. Okay. And this is where they, this is where they really roll the dice. And I think they (laughs) hit the nail on the head when they decide to introduce clones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the brilliant thing is, as you pointed out earlier, clones never comes up as a subject until after the family dies, and then somehow there's like this alternate research project where they've they've been growing things. Yeah, the way and my brain like, works what? too. What? I assumed that they were he was gonna make android bodies. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what. That's Brandon what said. I thought too. Yeah, yeah I was but just then, some, yeah. Then the clone out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, there's there's a moment there, early on when he's looking at the you know like they're growing, the family and. The Bacta tank, by the way, yeah. it, it's a reference from Star Wars. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's the thing in Empire. They throw Luke in there. And oh, it, the little helps. floaty thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Bacta tank. Back, so, back team. See, anyway. This is why I love Star Wars, though, is oh, if, you, if you spend half a second thinking about the, the names and things, they're genuinely not that clever. They're just kind of interesting and put He's into getting a healed different with context. Team. Yeah. He's in a Bacta tank. Back team, back to tank. Okay, yeah. all right, thanks, George. All right, anyway, so that being said, Star um, Wars. They, got... they drag his entire dead family back to his house and he forces his subordinate to go to their job and steal a bunch of cloning. Tanks. And at any point, yeah. Yeah. any reasonable person would have just said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm calling the well, cops now. You would think so, but this is why I bring up the way that he's written because they have those lines where he says, oh, I was successful, you know? And they even, like, I, I suppose it's supposed, it's intended to be the payoff, but. There's a point after he's had those two, you know, there's a a moment where Keanu looks at him and like they've got the family all together and things seem to be going right. And Keanu looks at him and goes, we did it. Like 
oh man, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, like yeah, he couldn't have though. Right, no, it, but he couldn't have. But it's this weird sort of thing where Keanu really emphasizes, oh yeah, you are really important to me. And the whole time he's been bullying this fucking guy. Oh yeah, saying <laughs> saying no, come on, man, I know it's gonna work. Just do it for me, man. So they set up these floaty tanks in the basement. But there is only three of them when he needs four. So he has to make a decision on which family member to not revive from the dead. Mm-hmm. Dude, the again, way he figures left, it out. This left turn that I just absolutely love. That, again, it reminds me Brilliant. of an 80s movie. Sophie's <laughs> choice. Yeah, when you're... Yeah, in 80s movie. Which child is going to die? They're just like, ah, fuck it. Spoilers for Sophie's Choice. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that movie. right, 40 years old. Just add another element. Fuck it. I have to say, I liked how stupidly simplistic his solution was, which is literally name in a bowl. And he even tries to force his assistant to pick the name. Come on, man, pick the name for me. I love the fact that when his assistant finally grows the spine, he's like, no, you're absolutely out of your fucking mind. Pick it yourself. You're talking about cloning your entire family back from the dead. I'll help you drag your family's corpses back to your basement. I'll steal the technical equipment, multi-million dollars worth of equipment. I'll help you set it up. I'll put the bodies in the freaking tanks. I'll even tell you how to set up the tanks. But the minute you want me to pick who goes in the tanks, I can't do that, man. You have to do that. That is up to you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You're the dad. And we're forgetting also that there is not enough power to run all of these. Uh, it's freaking this, Puerto Rico, which is well known for its lovely infrastructure. I mean, it's ironic that it's 2018. Mm-hmm. And this movie is talking about the power drain needed for these four, three, four back to tanks that mm-hmm. this guy's using. And it's so, just, so it, the there's something cruel about that in a way. And again, we talk about the lack of forethought at any point on Keanu's part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of forethought. I don't know if it works. I've never tried it. He's going to do it anyway. Fucking. I know it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, he might grow literal monsters <laughs> in these. He could have a whole, whole that the fly I situation. I literally was expecting, uh, especially, and I know I'm getting ahead, but we can back this up too. But I literally was expecting when they came out of the tanks to be like little psychopaths. To just be like, oh, what do you mean I can't kill? What do you mean killing is bad? Daddy, why can't I hurt this puppy? I totally expected all of that shit. Especially the way Alice Eve, Mm. her face, when she first comes out, I was like, oh man, she's gonna, you know, get a butcher knife or something like that. It's gonna go down. And, you know, interestingly enough, swerve again. She's just cool with it. I thought it was gonna be more like a multiplicity sort of situation that each character degrades and depending on how, how often it, you've done it. So we all, for all we know, that everybody could have come out with just part of that neural pathway and just been like one weird part of the personality. I was waiting for that, too. Just like the happy Could you imagine sad. if they did that with the story, though? Like Keanu is like experimenting with the family, takes them and out. They all car crash again. And he's like, oh, fuck. And has to do the whole thing over again. <laughs> and it's just a you wacky, know? zany comedy. Yeah, yeah exactly. or one of the, They start they cloning all, each other so they can have help. They're in the pool and lightning strikes. They all die in the pool. Ah, fuck. Okay, have to go in, <laughs> back <laughs> in the <laughs> back <laughs> the <laughs> tank. Start over. <laughs> 
So uh, <laughs> they they uh, I'd watch that. They oh, don't yeah. have enough power to run these uh, four back to tanks. So yeah. Keanu's solution is to go steal every car battery in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. In now, his own neighborhood. Again, lack of forethought. On he top is not of a that, criminal. he has to ignore all of the. Every time he goes out to to uh, steal a battery, he's not monitoring anything that's going on and what was the most important thing old boys said it's oh, got to be no, monitored they, constantly they, well they had to get they the batteries before to, they yeah. could turn the machines on oh, yeah okay. they did all of that okay I, but my okay so two thoughts about this first did you notice how many batteries there are they steal i mean it's like got to be at least 20 batteries that they have mm-hmm. uh-huh. so how far of a radius in their block did they go because if the neighborhood is like his house Mm-hmm. There's got to be, you know, like yeah, you... gates and fences, garages. How are you going to steal this shit? You know, all of that. That's the first comment. The second, though. So he just went to the ghetto and stole it from right. poor people. From every single solitary uh, tuk tuk taxi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else are you going to do it? What a real piece of shit. I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so all of these people. World's greatest monster. <laughs> completely. So you're already, you're already impoverished. Power is already a problem just for your own refrigerator. And some assholes just stole your car battery. Mm-hmm. So that he can raise his family, so he can from, raise the his family from the dead. <laughs> I'm telling you, this movie rules, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so they tell him it's going to be 17 days that mm-hmm. it's going to take to grow these people in right. this tank. And right. he's got to figure out what to do with their brains in the meantime. Right. But immediately we skip to like five days later, and he hasn't gone to work, hasn't made up cover stories for any mm-hmm. of his family. And right. at no right. time has he given any thought of how the fuck he's going to explain any of these no. things. Oh, okay. So the other thing about this is cops show up to his door to ask him about this uh, crime wave yeah, of battery car heist. batteries being stolen. Well, it could not possibly be me. I, I have all this money and I'm white. Of course it wasn't me. Well, it's not Please even pass that. Through. It's, well, now check this out, though. <laughs> yeah. Clever writing insofar as reinforcing the island is Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. He opens the door. The two uniformed officers are obviously Puerto Rican. First question, do you speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't. And then they're like, okay. And so they try to figure out through their English and they talk to him. Mm-hmm. That's good writing. Mm-hmm. Great fucking setup. I already, I'm, I'm into the scene. You know what I mean? But then they say, so um, did anybody steal your car battery? And he goes, no. And to me, that's your first fucking red flag. Okay, everybody in the neighborhood got hit, but you didn't. And they even say, oh, lucky guy. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And they leave him alone. You're telling me like two days later, there's not a detective coming by being like, look, you know, how the fuck do you think you didn't get hit? You know, do you mind if we just kind of walk around a little bit? Because, you know, we noticed there's been this big uptick of electricity right in your fucking house. Maybe just considering possibly you know it's that kind of a moment yeah, you know you might be running a things. grow house buddy yeah well it's all of these things that that as much as i enjoy this movie the minute you start thinking rationally you go this is impossible oh and that's 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 oh. the only sad thing about the movie i learned it's dumb from, as hell what, what, <laughs> and there I was a movie it. we watched yeah, recently brilliant. yeah 
that I was trying to watch critically. What was I, Oh, fuck. I forgot what oh, it was. Uh, I the hated. First Power the with first, Lou yeah. Diamond Phillips. Right. Oh. I fucking hated this movie because I didn't go in with the right mindset. About about quarter way into this movie, like I was watching at home, I finally clicked in. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to think yeah, about this movie anymore. You, you I'm have just to let going it go. To, yeah. I'm just going to have to let it have its way with me because I... If I fight it, but and it'll be worse. That's, again, part of the reason that I brought it this here is because, A, you don't have to think about it. It's just mm-hmm. a good watch. And, B, it takes so many twists and turns into yeah. the absolutely unexpected. I was genuinely surprised at least three times through this movie, which already right there I go, okay, cool, thank you, good. Yeah. Good I'm job. in. Yet none of this science makes sense. They are doing <laughs> yeah. they are doing way too much of the uh, uh, hand motion computer deal. They do oh, it dude, way too I many you, times. If I'm an actor and I'm handed a script that says um, scientist uses 3D interface, starts waving and uh, you know interacting with a but a that's a direct nod to Keanu's movie. I would be well. It's dude, that's been happening for no, I know, but specifically that movie, though. But if I'm an actor and I see that, I go great because all I'm doing is pantomime. Yeah, this is all you want me to do is make up a a world of switches in my head and just pantomime something, and your little CG guys later are gonna follow my hand movements and slap some shit together. Yeah, dude. That's an easy day on the set. Fucking A right. You know what I mean? Sign me up. I get to stand with little green things on my fingers in front of a green screen. Ba-deep, boop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom Cruise. I mean, everybody's got mm-hmm. these fucking sequences where they're doing yeah, all of this stuff. Yeah, back from fucking Minority Report in, yeah. what, 2002? I'm trying to remember Somewhere the name there, of yeah. the movie that I'm trying to reference, and it's just not coming. Talking about The Matrix? No, before The Matrix. Oh, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic, because mm. that's where I, I remember some of that for. It wasn't mm-hmm. his great graphics, but very specifically, mm-hmm. he had the stuff inside his head, and when you saw it, it was doing the same kind of zip zaps. I remember it was prior to way back in the day, I rented Johnny Mnemonic on VHS, and it came on an orange cassette tape. Mm, it did. <laughs> yep, that's right. And it ruled. It yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. We should watch Johnny Mnemonic. Hell yeah. We should. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I've never seen it. Oh, you've never. Okay, seen Okay, we're Johnny gonna shut Mnemonic. up because there's so much fun. All right, so uh, that's why you didn't. Whole get bunch that. of shit happens, and. Uh, Finally, he gets his wife out of the tank. He figures out how to put... Are we talking about Johnny Mnemonic? Or yes. are we talking yes. about... <laughs> his dolphin wife. Yes, his dolphin wife. <laughs> but, uh, right, so, so his wife comes out of the tank, and uh, he's had to go around and erase the memories of their youngest daughter, Zoe. Zoe, yep. Uh, scrub all of her artwork off the table, remove all pictures of her. Again, one of history's greatest monsters, mm-hmm. just absolutely eliminating the memory of one of his children. And unrepentantly. Yeah, no, I will <clears throat> not say unrepentantly because they do give him scenes of remorse where he is weeping. As while he's, doing it. That's... While he's doing it. Yeah, exactly. It is literally in this moment as close as you will see this monstrous scientist except that he is this monster because he is saying goodbye to his daughter for this philosophically appropriate greater good of trying to keep this family from being too emotionally traumatized from being raised from the dead as clones Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so but at no time did at no time did he think he was not going to get off scot-free because he figured because he put no thought beforehand he just assumed he was going to get away with it 
Yeah, because it's all the attention. Because Thomas Middleditch has to tell him, like, hey, man, people are really asking questions because that teacher shows up to his house. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude. So he has to collect up everybody's electronic things and try and make footprints. Now, I brought this up before. My wife to make footprints for all of these people after they have died for his family. My wife is a social worker, and one time the phone went out. We lost it, right? Mm -hmm. We picked up the phone, and it was her day off, mind you. Because mm-hmm. that's where we get the emails, everything on our phone, right? One day, it's a 12-hour period, okay? There were no less than 70 mm-hmm. text messages and 130, 130 emails. And some oh, yeah. of them were priority. If she didn't show up to work for two days, <laughs> half the universe would be up my ass right, <laughs> right. now. And his well, wife, yeah. who works at this clinic, has just been missing for five, five. days. Five days. And... and- Let's let us focus even more so on the idea. The assistant says, "Wait, you didn't contact anybody. The schools. You uh, didn't let work. anybody know that your family might might be, you know, out of town for a uh, little bit or something like this. No. You're trying to hide Dude. this whole thing, right? And Keanu just looks at him, literally says something like, well, oh, I've been a little busy.'" <laughs> You know, yeah. With what? It's been five days. <laughs> the time well, you, you know, spent staring, obviously stirring the back of tanks, <laughs> yeah. and you know, making sure the temperatures. But right staring at the dials in between time, you could have been doing something. You would have thought that as this kind of a um, intelligent person, presuming that they're intelligent because they're the head of this whole scientific thing, can do algorithms and shit. You would think that at some point he would be like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. We were supposed to do this. Oh, but that means that we were supposed to do this. Oh, that means I need to. And he would have started like some sort of cover story. Maybe I should personally, even if I'm not going to take care of anything for my dead family, maybe I should even just like call into my job. And not he doesn't just, even call into his job. And not just completely disappear off the face of the planet and then reemerge. None of your family around going, ah, oh, they're sick. Yeah. Uh, During that sick, whole don't time. Worry about it. Do you think that maybe once you could have listened to a true crime podcast, maybe get a few ideas how not to fuck this up? Perhaps. No. Well, read a book, access something on his computer, how to, what to do to cover your tracks. No, he's got to stare at the goop in the tanks that are growing his family. Absolutely. I would be willing to accept that someone so obsessed with this uh, passion project that's fully funded and whatever, that they would live in a bubble. I can accept that. Where I have the issue is your whole bubble has burst. Your family is dead. Mm. What do you do? Okay. First level one, try and get your family back using what you know with your science, whatever. Okay. Level one is covered. We've got this whole space of days as we've been dwelling on here (laughs) where Keanu could have, I mean, nowhere in that scientific brain does he deduce that somebody, it's not until the teacher knocks on his door and then the assistant comes by and says, where you been, man? I told him you had walking pneumonia. And so he shows up at work looking healthy as a jaybird, no problem. A jaybird. And they're just, hey, where you been? And he's like, oh, And they're like, oh, right, okay. Nobody believes he was fucking no. sick. His corporate boss, the bad guy, devil bad guy, doesn't believe he's sick. But he's just, just you know, there to remind him that the money's drying up and he's only got so many days. And does no one in any of the departments be like, 
Hey, Tom, didn't we have, uh, like, three of those tanks that we grow uh, other living organisms in? It never <laughs> comes up, mm -mm. which is insane. Except for when it's been 17 days and uh, Thomas Middleditch needs to take those tanks back. He says, right. I'll give you 17 days. And, and Kanu argues with him. And yeah. it, again, if this is supposed to be this big, global, very well-funded black ops, whatever it is, mm -hmm. they have the single most inept uh, security, security force yeah, in yeah. the entire universe. I could hire somebody right now. I'll, I could go to a security firm right now and hire three guys with tasers to do a better job than these motherfuckers. I've seen well, knuckleheads at shows. They wouldn't, with, they wouldn't let some skinny nerd just back a truck up to the dock door and load up I've seen of doormen. They're literally, they're literally sitting there and see the truck go and they just watch it. They just watch. I, I mean... I've seen it's doormen with, with socks full of buckshot that would have been more effective. Seriously. But now, okay, all right. With all of that derision and scorn, let's also acknowledge that at the very end of the movie, and, uh, you know, obviously, spoilers, but let's go ahead and acknowledge that there was a point where corporate devil bad guy says, oh, come on, Keanu. Did you, didn't you think you were getting away with this really easy? Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so I can kind of buy, okay, if there's security cameras and corporate bad guy is like, oh, well, let, let's just, you know, play this out and see what's happening because he does. He gets Keanu over a barrel by saying your, your clone family, they're all bio nice property or whatever the name of the place is. Yo, you're right? dying. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So Shout out to my buckaroo bonsai homies. But they're all. I just uh, watched that today. Fuck yeah. They're our property. We're taking them back, and there's nothing you can do about it except give me the algorithm. Uh, so, you know, on one hand, I got to give it up. There is there is a way in the script where you can sort of allow them a loophole. Right, but at no point did those security guards know that, oh, shit, Keanu's entire family just died, and he's going to try and Frankenstein <laughs> into life in my basement. Mm -hmm. Let's let exactly. this play out and see where this goes. Exactly. Well, you know. <laughs> those nice security yeah. men were not privy to those plans, I yeah. guarantee well you. Well met. Well met indeed. But even so. The, yeah, because... that is what the script does. I will say that you are absolutely right. They tie it in the best that they can. Yeah. yeah. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but had this Which... movie been a tiny bit less enjoyable, I would have picked this motherfucker apart and hated it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But everything, even with the plot, whatever, and the because... shit that doesn't work, it's an enjoyable movie. It pulls you in. Because to get back on track, his wife com you know, comes back to life. His whole family's back. He's uh, they're eating ravenously, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in about ten minutes, within his family coming back, he has to admit to her, like, "Oh yeah, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, you all died, and um, see now this I is kind of had to bring you all back to life." And that, yeah, and and the turn too, also on that same vein, that the turn when they started recognizing, even without with all the neural shit pulled away from Zoe. They're still clicking. There's, you know, I noticed there's a bunk bed. There's not a bunk bed here. There was, yeah. I saw a drawing. Who's Zoe? There's a drawing inside my closet. Yeah. And mom's like, yeah, fucking Zoe. Yeah. How did you, and then how dare you keep that from me? And I thought that was a beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is that yeah. 
as you were saying that it's so enjoyable that it doesn't matter because all of that happens. Like I said, he has to tell his wife that she's a clone within 10 minutes. This Mm -hmm, movie mm -hmm. keeps fucking moving. It chugs along. Yeah. And even that revelation I think is, um, well done in terms of writing because the things that they remember while Zoe may not be directly related to them, he doesn't, take out all of the memories of the accident. I mean, the wife remembers, wait a minute, I have this this sort of sense that I was, like, yeah. stabbed in the chest, and, you know? Yeah. What the fuck is that? And the nightmare from the oldest the daughter. The nightmare from the oldest daughter, exactly, where she actually sort of remembers Zoe somehow. Right? But because of Keanu's almost calculated carelessness through this, I wasn't surprised that he didn't pull that. Well, exactly. Because but it this keeps setting up every say, time... And that's why I say the confrontation with with uh, his uh, wife, where he has to admit what he's done, it makes sense the way that they present it. You know, it's not like she suddenly, you know, cuts her finger and goes, oh, wait a minute, blood. Oh, wait a minute. I died. Oh, wait a minute. Keanu. You know, yeah. it wasn't a ridiculous progression. Yeah, it like seemed that. very organic. In, yeah. In, yeah. In the, in done so quickly. far, as much as this script keeps having these stupid plot holes... Like it's you're paced saying, correctly. Yeah, there are these moments, these mm. little twists that I'm like, you know what, I really, I kind of dig it. You uh-huh. know? And, and another thing that was really good about this movie is um, sometimes they have a tone lightener in movies to, you know, just kind of balance it out. Mm-hmm. The rise mm-hmm. and fall of action, they put a little tone lightener in there. Sometimes yeah. it's ham-handed. This seemed mm-hmm. natural, like Midsommar, when the ADR'd fuckface, uh, the yeah. Captain Four, or no, yeah, the eyebrows. eyebrows. When the ADR'd mm-hmm. eyebrows... Um, little one-liners that was ham-handed mm-hmm. it did lighten the tone but you felt like hey guys you're we're lighting lightening the tone now mm-hmm. it was done again very well in this movie because it, most of the comic relief wasn't so much funny like joke joke it was um thomas middleditch yeah. being very worried about the situation exactly but middleditch. exhilarated at the same time mm-hmm. but it was believable mm-hmm. at no mm-hmm. time did he even though he was doing that i didn't see him as a patsy i didn't see him as a stooge i saw him as right a, after a minute a co-conspirator and uh then like oh shit we've done something good and maybe his family you know mm-hmm. yeah, i got he, to see him move and i got to see him evolve even though they only allowed him to evolve this much he fucking ran with it because yeah. keanu takes them out to in public like to a fair or something i'm like yeah. what and she sees him and she's doing? like oh hi and he goes to give her a hug <clears throat> and just the look on his face is like very unnerving like yeah. why are they out here and then when yeah. he's when she sees that little girl in the red dress yeah yeah and it reminds, yeah. Evocative and well yeah, done. So, I didn't feel like I got kicked in the nose for that one. But right, after right. all this happens, Keanu's got to go back to work and he's got to put a consciousness into a uh, robot again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... But he decides that the soldier they have isn't good enough and he really needs this to work. So... Well, okay. <laughs> Interesting plot twist moment, though, because everybody there is expecting him to just go ahead and say yeah let's get this done let's do the procedure and get it done however he says no it's no good we got to do it later which basically kills all of the funding for the project he knows this why that's interesting to me is because that indicates oh he's got another plan we just don't exactly know what the plan is yet so he's wanting to do something with what's available, but for him to do that, he can't keep going with what's technically supposed to save his ass, 
save the project, save everybody on the team. So again, you know, and on one hand, he, reckless monster. On and, the other hand, you know, desperate father. And he does recognize that the last one killed itself, so maybe not yeah. everybody's consciousness is uh, ready for this, so he decides to upload his own consciousness mm-hmm. into this robot, and the place he decides to do this is, well, sitting on the shitter. Yeah, because, you know, it's highly <laughs> it's hygienic. Fantastic. Hey, I'm going to do a medical needs- procedure right there on a fucking toilet. Yeah, he needs a private moment to himself, where he can in the exactly conduct. Stall, no less. Well, he needs room to yeah. conduct the experiment. Yeah, because he's about to stab himself in the fucking brain. On a side note, <laughs> on the shitter, <laughs> if the 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 whole world was rusting on me, the like the saving of the whole world was rusting on me sticking that fucking thing in my eye, we'd all die because uh-huh. <laughs> it wouldn't fucking happen yeah, ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that now, thing fucked with me. Because okay, even Thomas Middle is just like, hey, are you crying blood? Yeah. Yeah. And and Keanu's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's like, dude, I know what you did. You've been stabbed in the fucking brain. Yeah. I work here, too. I know what happens. I yeah. know what you did, yeah. you asshole. And then he just, like, when he had to change the memories on his kid, fucking just put her under, right? Walked her downstairs and then fucking drilled into her head with that thing again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yep. like, yeah, well, you know what? i got to fix the kid. Yank. Fuck oh, it. Jesus. Yeah, and his wife catches him, and that's why he has to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was hilarious, though. Great scene. What are though. you doing to our kid? What so, the fuck is that on her head? Mm-hmm. So he goes in and makes Robo Keanu. Mm-hmm. Well, now, here's, here's another aspect of the uh, pseudoscience being brought and presented into this whole thing, which I thought was kind of interesting, and I think it deserves a bit of acknowledgement because... The whole problem, as they determine it, is that when you upload that consciousness into its robot body, it doesn't feel anything, it has no skin, it has nothing to allow it a frame of reference. So, Keanu's solution is we have to have some sort of an algorithm that tricks that consciousness into thinking it can feel it's yes. skin and body. Because the problem wasn't the brain, mm-hmm. it was the body. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it, a real cinematic, poetic it was the commentary software, on not the, the hardware and mind and the merging of the two to allow growth within a human progression. Yeah, it's truly, really, it's a beautiful moment. It's dumb as shit, and I love it. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. So, Keanu, basically, his whole plan is for this project to actually work. Because I actually understand what the yeah, fuck because is happening. I, because I know what's going to be happening to me, unlike these other poor My schmuck. favorite unlike line. these poor bastards, I've got to be the one, so he does it. And, and I love how they even stated around, I am baseline. I am baseline. Yes. yes. It's going to work because I am Because I baseline. know what the fuck is going to be happening. <laughs> you know what? That's a good quote on a t-shirt. I am baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, we'll, we'll get on that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> sure won't. <laughs> Just like but. the other T-shirt idea with Shirley Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh well, dude. You know, <laughs> All right, no, we're not I getting was into this. For brand. your birthday, don't you fucking dare! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find her picture and then I'm gonna put that quote next to her picture. Put so, it on a T-shirt. So just Keanu, for you. Keanu puts himself in the robo body <laughs> uh-huh. and then just goes home. Well, he doesn't just go home. <laughs> he sure does, Brad. He goes home for dinner with his family, and Mr. Jones shows up. Mr. Jones and me. 
Sorry. I was I was skipping some because I assume we're running long. So, okay, Mr. Right. Jones, yeah, truly so. Well, Mr. no, Jones, I was right. Now I'm caught up to where you are. Go so ahead. Yeah, Ms. yeah, yeah. Mr. Jones shows up at his house and says, uh-huh. tells him, and again, twist that I didn't see coming, and I really kind of loved that. Hey, by the way, uh, we weren't the company that you, you think we are. My name's not even Jones. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's fucking stupid as hell, and I love it. But it's perfect for the tone at that moment because you, it was both heavy and light at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's, it's a, it's a, a it's, hack line, but it was, it was given well and in context, and it was fun. Dude, when he says, my name isn't even Jones, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a triple entendre because you're like, it's, wait, it's not Jones. Wait, okay. And then the, the punchline to the whole thing is that it's actually Jones. Yep. You want to be, I mean, you didn't go so far as to go Smith. But you took the number two Jones anonymous, you know. And, I mean, again, clever shit, man. I really liked <laughs> yep. it. I liked that. Well, well written in parts. And then you're wondering it, if it was a committee that kind of switched around a little bit or did they have more than one writer? I genuinely think that they were like, okay, look, the main core of this story is that we want to have... Corporate bad guy. Well, yeah, we want to have corporate bad guy... We want to have a guy fighting to save his family, and we want to have some sort of happy medium between the two at the end, so we don't have a lot of death, and it's not, you know, really. Yeah, like, you need a confrontation, dour. so you need a bad guy. And, and yeah, no matter what, we need to have a bad guy. But does this bad guy really need to be like, you know, um, the? on camera depicted as the most vile horrible baron harkonnen kind of but i do love when he delivers the line like no uh, go eat your dinner tuck your kids into bed make love to your beautiful wife yeah and uh i'll give you goodbye yeah i'll give you something that i shouldn't even give you which is the chance to say goodbye yeah because Mm -hmm. they are all our property yeah because i you know that'll give you a chance to do what you didn't get to do before proper goodbye yes yeah and that was a beautiful line great shit great line (laughs) because that that again cemented the the purest psychopathy of that guy he's like yeah you know i'm just saying yep now you got it. Oh, cool. so Keanu sticks him with the needle, uh, gets his family. Not I'm gonna. Not. I'm not gonna like this, am I? Yeah. <laughs> Whack gets biffed in the dome with that giant metal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, throws the algorithm in a microwave again, clever. wrapped in foil. Yeah, clever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his family just escapes in their car. And this is where the ineptitude, because prior to the ineptitude of those guys, it, they're leaving the house. Well. Old boys got cracked in a dome, and they're still shitty. Dude, they literally set up this crack team of... um, Specialists. Yeah, security team. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the shots imply that the house is surrounded Mm -hmm. by at least five, Mm -hmm. if not a full tactical team on both sides of the house. Right. As Keanu is driving away with his family mm-hmm. in their, you know... In his personal car. It's not like in they their to, like, wagon yeah, or they whatever didn't have to, it was. Like, they didn't have to beat up a security guy and then they steal his no car. One. They, they just take their own. They literally back the car out of the garage and ride around to the main street. And, and still the three. no result until they're almost at the street. And that's where we see three security guards standing at the front door going, Wait, 
isn't the boss supposed to call us to tell us what to do? It's like and the, it's like what happened to all of the surrounding all of the people who are watching, all of the, you know, where is all the tech and tactical shit? Dude, it's like the scene from uh, The Holy Grail where Lancelot's repeatedly running over the hill and stabs the guy and runs into the castle and the other guard just goes, hey. <laughs> Again, three doormen with a sock full of bird shot would have been more effective. Yeah. So they escape yeah. and uh, they realize that, oh shit, they're on our tail because they're mm-hmm. bumping into the back. They need to get away. How did they find us? Oh, because uh, the company puts trackers in all of their property. But what what lightened that scene too was the kids worrying about did you did, did you bring that cell phone? Did you take because they're tracking us from the cell phone? Like the kids would think that have the uh, in, there was the internecine argument which kind of pulled you away from this heavy thing, and then you're mm-hmm. like oh shit heavy thing, mm-hmm. and I think it was played again beautifully in that scene. Yeah, authenticity of a family sort of dynamic mm-hmm. trying to deal with. The strangeness and still see even Alice Eve as the wife, you see her question him, mm-hmm. get this batshit crazy answer that most women, let alone just wives, just would have been like in general. Okay, you are out of your fucking mind. Bullshit. We're okay. Let's get you some help. Talk <laughs> yeah. you down. You know that sort of thing. But you see her hear that, and somehow. The way that she performs the scene, mm-hmm. you see her consciously decide, okay, we're going to keep going with this shit. The main thing is uh, keeping the family together. So that's that's going to be what I'll work on. And right? Yep, this Again, and, this scene, that's what I love about watching acting. Mm-hmm. when Because when, it was mostly physical. There was very little spoken. You saw yeah, the change in her dialogue. face, yeah. change in her body language, like she was mm-hmm. wrestling with it in her head and you could see it. Yeah. happening yeah and it was depicted beautifully and i love i love those little bits and pieces of a movie because sometimes well, this I get is why bored. i like alice eve because she's not simply um a pretty face even though that's kind of how her career has mostly uh gone mm-hmm. but when she's allowed these moments to be able to actually have these non-verbal communication moments you see she's fully capable oh fuck yeah. just as much as any other actress i mean um i yeah, thought she since, did very well since we just finished up it kind of reminds me of like a sherry moon yes where she's never really given much to do but when she is she mm-hmm. fucking nails it it's like <laughs> as, as much of a dud as lords of salem was her her depiction of somebody in that scene in oregon she fucking had it because obviously she hangs out the a touch erudite just Boring. the odd it was in salem buddy huh Salem, Massachusetts. It was yeah. filmed. I know, but it looked like it was filmed in. It looks like no, it was, that was filmed. filmed in Salem. I know, but to me, it looked anyway, like. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. So they have the, to get these trackers out of them. That there was no explanation how they put trackers in them whatsoever. But oh, well, again, it's that pl- it's that plot twist that yeah. oh, we need so- we need an action beat to happen. It was a pseudo scientific explanation that made no sense though. Yeah, because essentially the trackers were somehow biologically integrated into the DNA in the Bacta tanks. So it's a, some sort of organic tracker. <laughs> and then... But good thing she worked at that clinic. And good thing she knew exactly how yeah. to uh, turn the trackers off. But you see, the thing is, it made it seem like... And this was what was confusing to me, because unfortunately mm-hmm. I live reading science fiction books. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, well, they, they first assume that, you know, they make us assume that it's biological happening in the tank. 
Right. And it's not quote coded in each whatever gene sequence. It's not hardwired into any specific thing. Uh-huh. And then it's all of a sudden mechanical. How could it produce a mechanical item in your body with just what was available in the back to tanks? And I'm exactly like, because so. because this movie rules that hard, yeah. and we exactly. should and we shouldn't think about it. We hey, should just you know what we were given should... a scientific explanation that it was encoded right right the first time that they were they were first. From Put Jump together. Street, homie. That's yeah. it. And you know what? I always give science in movies a pass because you know what? If Ghostbusters can make shit up, so can you. Yeah. Who fucking exactly. cares? The whole <laughs> Just write it off about, like magic. Yeah, who gives the a shit? The whole thing about science fiction is that it has to have some sort of rational uh, explanation and a rational application. Mm-hmm. If you can do those two things in the context of your story and... You don't allow your audience to think too much more beyond those two things, you know? If if you can buy it long enough, and this this movie has so many examples of that, where it's like, oh, well, okay, so for this reason this happens, like, they're able to track us because it's encoded from the back of the tank. And we can actually turn off that encoding just by getting them over to some hospital jump starter and, and just... Yeah, to a defibrillator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just yeah, one. Run, run the and of course, there's the... the really good tense scene too, where he's trying to help her, and she has to tell him, "Back the fuck up," because I need to like pay attention because this could stop her heart. <laughs> right, right. And so, the daughter and goes, the, what? "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful reaction. Yeah, good reaction. You're not yeah, gonna yeah. die. Fuck you. I already so did they, that once. They turn off all these yeah. trackers and they decide to run off to the boatyard mm-hmm. where Keanu scales the uh, gate to get into the boathouse. He's looking mm-hmm. for the keys of this boat while his family waits in the car and they are abducted while he watches. Mm-hmm. Which is just, I mean, I, I saw that and I was just like, you know, Sad this is Keanu kind meme. of, it's kind of like, you know, in a, a series television where they have to do the cliffhanger at the end of the episode to get you to the next episode. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it fucking felt like. Yeah, it's oh, they put a, the commercial when it goes on TBS. Yeah, he's there at the gate watching them go away. He's super sad. Break, Maxwell House coffee. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. Or whatever the fuck it would be, you know? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, too. Yeah, ED <laughs> medication or whatever it is these days. But I feel attacked. Shut up. But so... Hey, I had do, no idea. Do you have Thanks restless legs syndrome? Yes, I do. Shut up. All right. Well, Got you know, the no, it's it's uh, it's a fuck. We wrote ourselves into a corner, and we just yeah. need to transition this to this location. So, yeah. what happens? They go to this boat to escape, and his family gets taken. Fucking good yeah. enough. Well, it's a it's a sort of um, a strong close to the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay, act is over, act three begins. Right. right. And should what should we do with uh, Foster, or what should we do with Keanu? He'll come to us. Okay, so we know that that's... Great the, bad uh, that's, guy line. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. just our clear indication that, yeah, the final confrontation is coming. And the way they yeah. set it up, there's absolutely no other thing that he would do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In, in the conceit of this film, it was absolutely perfect. So he shows well, yeah, up. Yeah, he's not going to get in the boat and go to Australia at that point, mm-hmm. you know? That's not happening. He yeah. shows up to uh, save his family. He makes a deal with the bad guy that he's going to give him the algorithm. Finally. That can implant uh, 
uh, or make the uh, experiment successful. Well, right, exactly. They the body know, the body modification algorithm. They right. did something different in this movie because traditionally there's going to be a big hassle scene at the desk. He, he just walks right the fuck in. Uh-huh. So, well, okay, I'm going to do it. And a lot of other movies that would create an additional layer of tension. Mm-hmm. They didn't even do that and it was refreshing, quite frankly. No, we're just going to get right fucking to that it. he just I walked in there, movie. hey, I'm going to do this and I'm like, what, what, you're going to do what? I, unexpected. I thought there was yeah. going to be a hassle in the foyer. Well, you know, that's that strong security team again, just uh, <laughs> holding them up, searching them, making sure there's no bombs or no guns or anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, he's you know because we all saw up. the Matrix, we know what this guy can do. <laughs> there was nothing like that in there. He just straight walks in with his, you know, box mm-hmm. and uh, and makes the deal. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so the bad guy is telling him, like, yeah, I need that alg- algorithm and I can't shoot you. And he runs in front of his wife, says, don't shoot my wife. And mm-hmm. so the bad guy says, well, I don't need this guy. And just shoots Thomas Middleditch right in the fucking face. I mm-hmm. fucking did not expect no. that. When they, when they capped him, I was like, fuck. Because at Dude, no the point, assistant had to die. And at no point. Has to die. At no point had we, because and, and like the back of my head at that moment, I was like, did he have a backup in his head? Maybe he, and I'm like, no, shit. At no point in the movie did they have, uh, you know, Chekhov's uh, brain mm-hmm. scan. Mm-hmm. He's done, done. Yeah. Yeah. He is uh, yep. fucking dead, and it literally is all Keanu's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good job, Keanu. The but only guy that's going to help saves him. saves his wife, right? Because he activates Robo-Keanu, and this is where it turns into Terminator. Mm-hmm. And you fucking, yeah. guys. This is the iRobot Terminator It's bit. the mm. best. It is. Because the it's robot's cool. sitting in the chair, and it's held down with metal straps, and you see it banging around and finally rips the straps free. And no, it's not even that. It's so it's goddamn that good. <laughs> once Keanu finishes with what he's doing and he's there and his assistant is dead and everybody's like, oh man, this is really bad. Robot Keanu shows up dragging a security guard by his leg and just tosses him, him like a fucking rag doll. That's his introduction and, and to what, the bad guy. And there was a little subtlety there too. Because we, they've been putting in our head that the implementation, you know, the, the algorithm has never been tested. And that tiny shake before he starts ripping, we don't know if he's hooked in or not hooked in. And that added that, for me, it added that extra bit of tension because mm-hmm. we don't know if he's, is he going to well, go absolutely ape shit and is it going to work well, or not? He kind of does. And the brace, though, yeah. was also reminiscent of the first robot and how it committed suicide yeah. because it literally snaps the brace in a very similar fashion. So you're like, you know, it's it's kind of a subtle clip. Oh, it's gone berserk. I yeah, love where it. you're like, oh, shit, okay. And, well, that's reinforced by, yeah, it throwing a body into the room and then just charging in like a maniac mm-hmm. while it's being shot in the face. Well, that was the only it bit that I laughed rules. at because it's like, okay, we all understand robots and everything. But then again, that looked like some sort of uh, plexiglass body. Like, yeah. it gets riddled with like 14 bullets before it starts moving. And you're like, okay, all right, right, right. Now, and there are visible on. hoses from like the neck to the bottom. One of those bullets should have pierced a, a hydraulic hose. I understand it's a billionaire 
industry, all of that, you would think they'd invest in like polymers and plastics and things that maybe weren't bulletproof because that wasn't the intention of the original design. But, you know, maybe I'm splitting hairs and who gives a fuck? Just go kill the bad guys. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so, so it just comes charging in and just starts whooping wholesale ass. Which was fantastic. <laughs> now, let's face it, it's fucking fantastic. He even gets corporate, uh, corporate uh, uh, yeah. devil. Evil bad guy. In a chokehold. I loved it. Yeah, and he's like, he's ready to kill him, and Keanu actually is like, William. No, wait, hold on. Oh, wait. First, he and his family just go to the car mm-hmm. while the robot is strangling the living shit out of this evil corporate hey, bad guy. you know what? Take advantage of the opportunity. Run while you can. Mm-hmm. Get your family the fuck out of there, away from danger. Totally but, get it. But as soon as they all get into the car and they go to leave, he has an immediate... Uh, change of heart. And remember how well it worked the last time he left them in the car, mind you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does I genuinely this immediately. Was I genuinely was confused in yeah. this moment because Alice Eve gives him this knowing look like, well, you, you're just a good man. Yeah, he's got to go so do something. You kids. have to go do the right thing. And at that moment, I thought the turn was going to be that the flesh Keanu would be 86 and only the... Yeah. And only the AI was existent, and then we would readdress all the questions about humanity yeah. throughout yeah. the movie, which was I thought was going to happen, but didn't. I like the way it ended. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I thought it was going to end another way. Yeah, because it, it, we'll get oh, to it because it has the greatest ending in cinema. Please note that I have, cha- I'm tamping down talking about it until we talk about <laughs> so, it. So. He goes back after Alice Eve gives him this knowing look that she couldn't have possibly known. Yeah, how the fuck could she keep the deuce? He wanders back in and tells his... She just knew. He tells his robot self to stop killing the corporate bad guy that just shot his friend in the fucking face point Mm -hmm. blank. Well, says, that's because you d- assume the assistant was his friend. I've got to... He says, I've got a deal to make you. Yeah. And lets him up. Hard cut. Keanu walking on a nice beach with his uh, resurrected youngest daughter. Again, family reunited. Mm. Now, didn't they say, though, that there's a time jump? Because it's like 17 days or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that time jump. Yeah. So when we're seeing Keanu on the beach... Now, this is the other interesting thing about the back of tanks, right? The family, all of the family died. It's the wife... Three kids, three fucking kids died, which I think is probably the most shocking thing about that death scene that that we were talking about before. Yes. Is it's three kids, but they're all different ages. But somehow Keanu is able to time the back the tanks so that when the clones come out, they are all the same age they were when they died. So the mom is her age, the eldest daughter, the middle son, and the youngest daughter. The youngest daughter, we don't even see her join the family until the very last scene because that's the happy ending second reveal. To, second and, to and last And who initiated scene. that because Keanu was just as surprised as the rest of the family. Was it Robot Keanu that did that? Had they no, planned on Keanu it? Keanu wasn't surprised by oh. it. He had, through several sequences, had her uh, algorithm uh, neurological pattern, and he had always been keeping that and protecting that as they were moving along. Mm. So you knew she was going to come back at some point. It was part of the deal that he made gotcha, with gotcha. Corporate Devil 
to go hide out on the island with his family. Now that you with, mention it, I'm like, so, oh yeah. yeah. It's a very happy ending on a yeah, nice remote they, beach with his clone family. <laughs> right, and you're right, that was ending number one. Is now Keanu's got his happy ending. He's with his family. He's saved his family. Everybody's united. Nobody's going to talk about the fact that they're all clones resurrected from the dead. Or that they're technically, just by living, they are in an violation of... Yeah, <laughs> an abomination and violation of international law and this whole other... Anyway, so then, happy ending number two is that... Uh, Turns out that corporate, corporate bad devil. guy, <laughs> corporate bad guy, has been uh, cloned yes. once again mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. resurrect this new life, and an elderly billionaire shows up with a suitcase full of money. Literally, yeah. Leads, Literally, he uh, corporate bad guy leads this elderly man into a room. Uh, corporate devil clone, corporate who devil has clone. been cloned to exactly the age he was before he got choked out by William. Makes no yes. sense. Makes no doesn't have to. No one cares. <laughs> yes, no one cares. <laughs> well, they know? didn't want to hire. They could have just put actor. a. Yeah. They still got that yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Why hire a new actor? The whole point is that th- you can literally restart your life wherever you want. I mean, this was one of the things when uh, the bad guys monologuing with Keanu is he says, "Do you recognize how many different?" Things we could do with this. Mm-hmm. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. You have no fucking clue what you're sitting on. And oh, by the way, uh, we own your family too. Right? Yeah. And, when, and what the mo- what the most horrifying thing to me is is when they're talking about put parts of conscious your consciousness into a chip mm-hmm. and have that be your consciousness. You're conscious, but your only duty is to be this one part of a bomb. Right, mm-hmm. right, and yeah, yeah. just for me, the pure horror of that thought—zero autonomy—with a thought, it's going to keep coming back. So I'm whatever ten thousand different bombs. That's mm-hmm. the same consciousness, mm-hmm. and at any time, I'm always aware. It's a con- constant living hell. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, ah, that was fucking horrible. When he was and saying it, I was just like, Ugh. your greatest communication, your perspective of the world your greatest communication network is literally the directive to launch pilot to this direction and uh hit the target Mm -hmm. or it's like remember that robot that they trained to continually work and you know and it finally just flipped out and once it realized what its programs were and shut down that was just on the news within the last year Really? Yeah. They Ooh. they gave it sentience, and it's found out that its only purpose was to move one box from here to there and shut down. Whap, just drop. Boom. <laughs> so what That's happens? Like that what happens? Morty. What happens? Oh yeah, the in butter the box. Butter. <laughs> so what happens in the end of replicas? However, yes. is the corporate clone bad guy leads an elderly rich man into a wide open room, mm-hmm. and we see a figure <sighs> in a suit silhouetted against the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, shot, uh, medium shot or so on corporate bad guy says, William, it's time to get to work. Yep. And yep. around yep. turns the cybernetic, uh, Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. in a business suit. Oh dude, that's the best part. It's fucking fantastic. Dude, it made the Keanu movie. You are in, correct. He's in like a $5,000 business suit. Mm-hmm. As a fucking robot. And he's a robot. <laughs> I love right? that suit. Could you imagine going to be measured for the suit? You know, 
And your tailor is like, wait a minute. This is a fucking robot. Robot's like, hey, watch the hands. And I guess I don't have to tell you which way I dress because I don't. Thank you. Right. So (laughs) what designer would you like? I have no idea. (laughs) Whatever. What goes with gunmetal blue? (laughs) But I just love the idea that the last frame of your film is a robot Keanu Mm. wearing a suit who has gone into business with the corporate bad guy who shot his friend in the face. Mm -hmm. That is the conclusion of Replicas. And that's a happy ending. And prior to... It's me reviewing movies at any stretch. I would only I only wanted to watch movies that ended happy or ended well because uh-huh. if I wanted misery or bullshit, I would do that in my daily life. Right, you know right. that was my theory. But now that I've watched a bunch of them, it can either end happy or kind of happy, or at least people are okay ish, or they can go batshit. The world is fucked. But I think the way this movie was written and done, this is the only way this movie could have ended because yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want it to be any other way. Than him going into business to make millions of dollars with the man who shot his assistant in no, the face. No, no, see, okay, see. It's the best. Yeah. See, but I think that is a slight misinterpretation of the ending. Because I genuinely believe that the deal was Keanu gets his youngest daughter back. His family is fully reunited, mm-hmm. right? And they're anonymous on some island somewhere. That is the deal. Leave us the fuck alone and we disappear. Right? Yeah. There's, but then, there's literally nothing stopping that bad guy from going back out and okay, slaughtering okay. the other oh, William. I, other William. I even said earlier there's nothing stopping him from sending a tactical team out to just take him out, you know, any, at any but time he, for yeah, but any Keanu's, reason. But, yeah. Well, okay. So insurance for the Yeah, okay, okay, okay. We can always fuck with the deal. <laughs> of course, we get that. But the larger point that I'm trying to say is I think that was the deal. Is yeah. Keanu saying you get robot me mm-hmm. because that is the only way this thing is going to actually work. And then once you've got robot me who now understands how all of this works, this robot me can make it work for your exploitative global weird underground whatever. business and to, yeah. pro- and to further prop up that point mm-hmm. is William is still Keanu it is 100% his consciousness do you think William with all the stuff that he has now and the ability to make that kind of money is going to let a creep boy even mess with that deal at all no not at all yeah, yeah, but and we don't EMP know blast takes that robot. And we work. also, yeah, I mean, there's so many <laughs> right. ways we can punch but, holes in that. But also, the main thing is, is that it's the happy ma- ending. We, we don't the know. Main thing boy. is that he made a deal with the devil, and, and the devil, in his own way, is honoring the deal because the devil still got his prize. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm interpreting it the way it is, and why I would rather think that corporate devil did not send a tactical team to assassinate Keanu whenever the fuck, and they actually did have some modicum of a decent life. Or or they fixed his brainwaves when they cloned him. Yeah, or they fixed his brainwaves. That's where I was going to get to. Well, ultimately... And he's made the deal that he and his family get to live on this remote island forever because they can just upload their consciousness into new clones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if if they basically... This has worldwide implications. But if they basically own the island and they've agreed that they're going to disappear and 
you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. This family is given its its uh, resources to disappear. Think about, at the most, what do you have to give them for a lifetime disappearing? Hundred million at the most for, you know, you just split take that care of, amongst the family yeah. members. You, yeah, you take care of the. Their, you just take care of the expenses as they come in. You don't even have to give them a flat rate. Yeah, here's a credit card. Cause that's you, it. Because they're clearly bringing in just suitcases full of unmarked bills because this is not a legal operation. So the yeah. money is untaxed. Just it is constantly devious. Fuck it. I yeah. love it. In fact, that would be the easiest solution. You know what? You guys disappear. Here's a fucking credit card to an account. This account will never be empty unless you fuck up. If you fuck up, everybody dies. In the meantime, just use the card and shut the fuck up. That's the easiest thing to do. It's you know? the bomb witness relocation project. Yeah, exactly. And and so anyway, so this movie, I mean, dude, it never saw it. Rules. Fucking rocks. <laughs> Once again, excellent selection. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, dude. I really enjoyed it. I really did think that, okay, yes, it's got massive plot hole issues, but the actors were committed. Mm-hmm. The movie was shot well. The effects worked well enough for me to be able to, to um, not be taken out of the movie. You know, so um, I mean, fuck for. And it wasn't even pointlessly maudlin because it could have gone into some real. It could have done so many things, right? In so many different ways, like and and once again, credit to Alice Eve because Mm -hmm. this was a a character that could have just really been a a plank of wood, and she actually did something with it that um, that made me believe she she was uh, she was in. You know? it, it does the thing that I hammer on the most when watching movies. And James heard me yell about it time and time again. I don't care if your movie's bad. Mm. Don't make it boring. Mm. Yeah. If you're going to make kind of a stupid movie, don't make it boring. That's yeah. the biggest sin that you can commit yeah. is yeah. making it boring. If this yeah. was an extra 20, 30 minutes longer, I would have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It keeps its pace up. It does what it needs to do. It gets in, it gets out. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to get into RoboCop 3 territory. It just ratchets enough to keep you going. It doesn't have to, you know, go to the moon and back. It pulls you and it, 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 Mm -hmm. it, it pulls that tension up beautifully and naturally. It gives you enough sci fi fiction to allow you to start to think, well, what if this happened? What if you lost? What would you do? How committed would you be? You know, all of that. Those questions really do start coming up. And and that that is just scratching the surface of, like, the things you referenced earlier about, you know, legality, who owns property, all of this sort of stuff. None of that is explored whatsoever. And it doesn't need to be, and no. it completely works. It's hinted it's part and glossed over. Yeah. It's yeah. part of the reason, Brad, you and I have talked about this, that, like, yeah, we all love Golan Globus movies. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. oh, as, as soon as the action's done, they're fucking out. Credits roll. Boom. Yeah. I, I love Gold, Golan Globus movies, too. Yes. So, oh, I, yeah. I'm sitting in good company. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the smartest things, one of the... Because I remember um, when those things first started to come out in the theater, there was Canon and there was Golan Globus, mm-hmm. right? And there was this brief moment where there were about their first three movies where you were like, oh, all right, Golden Globus. Okay, cool. I'm into it, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, the money laundering was just full on. So they just basically, (laughs) 
you started to go to these movies and you were like, what, what the fuck, what? <laughs> and by the, you know, year three of Golden Globus or something, you were like, oh, those movies are shit, man. Yeah. They're just awful. But, but they now fucking I rule. love them. Mm-hmm. Now I love them. Yeah, I just love them for how, hey, we're in the desert. Here's some guns. Here's an explosion. There's some tits. Okay, roll credits. Boom, yes, yeah. done. Bad guy dies. Done. You That's know? why Bond movies work. Yeah. yeah. Was, was mm-hmm. it stupid? It sure was. Did it keep your attention? God damn right it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like with the missing in action that we saw. That one. Oh, yeah, literally, dude. dude. And this is the cornerstone Ow. of both canon and Golan Globus. Literally, right when the action scene is done, you know it's the happy ending. Mm-hmm. Here they are, boss. Right? There's no epilogue. Oh, no. There's no, oh, really good idea. You know what I mean? It's literally like freeze frame, credit starts rolling. You're fucking done. Get out of the theater. You <laughs> yeah. know Two people what I mean? jump up into the air with their guns up and <laughs> yeah. end of movie. Yeah, Hell exactly. Yeah, dude. Man. Uh, and again, that's why I brought this because it's the spirit of like those, 80s yeah. movies yeah. in 2018. And yeah. it's, it's something that I really hope that we don't lose. It's just these mid-budget, stupid mm. shit movies that are still absolutely worth your time and this is such a nice breath of fresh air because right now the only movies i watch are literally for podcasts because i got zero time so Mm. this is out of the wheelhouse of what i've been watching because if i'm going to watch something you know if i'm going to watch anything it's going to be for 20 minutes i'm going to watch part of the raid or i'm going to watch part of the movie because i don't have the bandwidth to put into it and and i also as far as watching something like this i just want to add to what you were saying i also i don't have Two hours and 45 minutes to oh, sit God, and no. watch Marvel spectacles. Yeah, no. Why no, are no. movies so goddamn long? Get well, in, get out, tell your story, and be done. <laughs> I would be willing to go with a long movie like that's Lord fine, of but the that's, Rings. That's, but oh, yeah. if the script is a pile of garbage, I mean, oh. you're just killing me. You're killing me slowly. That's what I'm saying. You're making movies boring. Yeah. Don't make boring movies. Yeah, it, this exactly. Is, I mean... We can talk about the artistry and the importance of film all day long, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this movies like this, these are entertainment. Yeah, yeah. entertain me. Yeah, yeah. We know, exactly. we know you're not making art. You know you're not making art. You're here to put butts in seats and put a smile on someone's face and kill an hour forty-five. Yeah, or this however is long why I say that movies are not shoes. They're not toasters. You can't simply slap paint on it and put some different little feature that wasn't on the last pair of shoes you threw out there and expect everybody to just roll over and buy a million tickets. Mm -hmm. It's not the same fucking commodity. You actually have to have thought about your characters. You're talking about human experiences. Even, I don't care if it's robots that you're doing as your main subject matter there has got to be some sort of human connection, some sort of reasonable story that makes sense to an audience and entertains them. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea that somehow, no, we're done entertaining audiences, we're going to do this now, or we're going to tell you what the best movie is. No, you can't dictate to the audience what the best movie is. The audience has got to be heard, and you're seeing that in ticket sales. I mean, Indy 5 is opening this weekend, and it is bombing. Bombing, dude. Mm -hmm. No one is going to this fucking thing. Why? Because they already know from the trailers and the early press that this is a horrible script. It's going to be a terrible movie. Even the CG effects don't look great. That movie will never make its money back, right? 
And they spent enough on that to fucking <laughs> make at least 10 other better movies. And, and you think know? about it this way. You would mentioned earlier, Chris, about um, more mid-level or you know mid-budget movies, etc. Mm-hmm. Because of the rise of the separate platforms and the changing of the way movies are made and the way movies are funded, there's going to be a lot more. Maybe not necessarily funded specifically by, let's say, Netflix or a in-situ house, but because people know that there is now a little wiggle room and it's not completely controlled, there's a chance to get money to make more smaller projects. And I think you're going to yeah. see a lot more of that because... Well, you're definitely yeah. going to see it now because especially this past year, there have been at least, what, four, five movies in a row that have had budgets of $200 million and up, mm-hmm. and they've all bombed. Right. None of them are making their money back, and it doesn't matter whether it's Marvel or a Disney movie They're or not even a pulling the foreign movie. market yet. Yeah, it doesn't even fucking matter. They're not mm-hmm. going to make their money back. They're well, bombing. These are all $250 million, $200 million budgets. There's, so or you've got the case year, of Amazon's uh, <coughs> Lord of the Rings Rings show Power. that yeah. they spent half a billion on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's not even... You don't get ticket sales. Like, well, this now, is going to come. That's to not an even end. a loss leader because they spend so much money that it has to perform. Well, here's part of the thing. Okay, we're talking half a billion dollars. Yes, on one hand, that's a lot of money. Let's be real about the contract, though. The contract was that much money for five seasons of mm. production. So it's. An insane amount of fucking money. I thought yeah. about it because they need to do back to back. They're not doing a weekly. Did I thing. say five hundred billion? Five hundred million. million. Yeah, half a billion. billion. Yeah, yeah, half a billion. Thank you. Well, that but, makes more sense. So that's that. every season that they're paying for, and a lot of this is front loaded into the first and second seasons because they're setting up their effects houses and all of this stuff. So you do see a lot of money going towards these first couple of seasons, but effectively. There's a cachet of money that's intended to be spread out over these seasons. And if this second season tanks, which I expect it will, Mm -hmm. but if this second season tanks, if they do a third season and that tanks, they're not going to keep dumping money into this thing that 500 billion will definitely there 500 million will definitely be redirected in other resources because they're going to recover as much as they can and has always been pointed out about amazon making movies isn't their main distribution model they don't Mm. give a fuck really it's just something that they're doing for their own egos Mm -hmm. amazon makes its money from being amazon Mm -hmm. right crap yeah Uh uh-huh so so basically, if Rings of Power doesn't perform well, they're going to treat it like any other commodity. Boom, done, out. You know, recover what they can, and they will either... Like, did you see what Disney did with Willow? Willow performed so shitty that they called it a tax write-off, took it off Disney+. Plus. You're probably never going to see the Willow series ever again because for them to have it... Uh, as a tax write-off, you can't make money off well, it the anymore. Question, they the question no longer exists. Yeah, exactly. They literally have shit-canned Willow. I am a huge no Willow money. fan. I loved it at the movies. I would have looked for it on... How did I not even know they made it? Well, it was on Disney+, but, Plus, and okay. the reviews were abysmal. And not only that, the ratings for it were worse than the reviews. Wow. Yeah. I just screw the pooch on Willow. But Dude. also, I mean, that's coming oh, back to the mind. larger point that... 
I'm glad that shit like this does still exist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think with these failures that we're seeing in recent years from, uh, you know, obvious sources, there is a very real opportunity, especially with streaming services and things where the $50 million, you know, whatever, like, um, what's his name, uh, who played Thor Extraction on yep. Netflix? I mean, that's a great example. Haven't Mid, seen it yet. Mid-budget action. Heard good things. Yeah. I want to see it. First movie was great. Saw that one. Extraction 2 so is that's the out. one where he beats the shit out of like a group of kids? Dude, it, probably. But um, <laughs> I have heard good Extraction, things. the first one, though, is great. He dies at the end of it, but it did so well that they found a way to bring him back, just like fucking John Wick. But let me tell you, dude, it's a strong indication of uh, the turn to be able to say, well, you know what? If we spend $50, $60 million, we pay for our lead actor, we actually get talent who knows what the fuck they're doing, and all we do is blow up some shit, you know, do some entertaining movies again, Mm -hmm. we can actually fucking build a franchise. What the fuck is his name? Thor. Chris Hemsworth? Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth has now started okay, this uh, his is, this, own this is, i got to mark this down on a calendar because I can never fucking recall information ever. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth has started his own independent franchise now. Extraction with this sequel and the popularity of this sequel, you know they're going to do a third one. Dude's got his own franchise. And now he's a full-on action hero. He was able to break away from Marvel. The more you see people do that, man... That's it. They're done. The studios, the studios are already done with all of these two, two, all of these multi, multi. I mean, fast budgets the size of small countries, and they can't make they can't make the budget back. Every one of these movies that flopped was expected to make at least a billion dollars. None of them, none of them came close to that. So I think it's a little hubris on. On the uh, studio's part. They, more than a little. Eh. More than a little. Well, But that's a whole other thing. I, I was being So nice. speaking of hubris, hey Brad, Yo. what have you got to plug? Let's bring this in for a landing. Yeah, let's do that. Well, okay, so first and foremost, um, the, um, the fundraiser for um, Becoming Emily. I would like to thank those people who did actually participate. And I'd also like to uh, acknowledge all of the great fucking support that I did get um, out there. Now, with that being said, uh, also have to acknowledge a couple of things. Like, uh, we are in the middle of a recession. And we are dealing with the actor's strike coming up and the writer's strike going full swing. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I am a union actor. I uh, belong to SAG-AFTRA, and I have been since... Well, more than a decade now, I am very proud and protective of that union membership. And when it struck me that my union very likely is going to strike, um, there's no way I can go against that. So that meant that for me personally, I could not act in a project that I was going to be producing. Then it hit me as if I finally broke through my thick fucking skull that me actually trying to fundraise for a feature movie while the writer's strike is going full on and my other uh, friends, companions um, are out there actively, you know, in the business right now, probably not a good thing for me to try and raise money 
and, you know, do some slightly sort of scabby behavior while other people are sincerely fighting for uh, better lives. And that's what it comes down to. So so basically what I'm trying to say here is uh, the crowdfunding campaign. On one hand, people could say it's going abysmally. It's not making a lot of money. On the other hand, I am perfectly happy to say that uh, I'm withdrawing the whole crowdfunding thing. I stopped promoting it a little while ago. And um, I'm basically letting it go through its life cycle on Indiegogo. Because those people who did have an opportunity to show support financially, when the life cycle is officially closed, they'll have their... Um, their support uh they'll get their money back so that's uh that i think is very important so um that's why i structured the indiegogo campaign the way that i did and i'm just going to let it run run through i have uh, a couple other video projects that i'm working on that are along the lines of the before movie sucked thing i also uh came across an idea for um sort of a commentary about indiana jones and Kind of what we were talking about earlier in terms of the way storytelling was approached then versus this heaping pile of garbage. I can't even, can't even, ugh, fuck. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Alrighty. <laughs> How about you, Chris? What do you got going on? Uh, this. And, 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 the, and? The, in the horrors of the pukes. And mm-hmm. the horrors of the vomitorium. In the, in, that is correct. And, uh, <laughs> Excellent. I, I've been sometimes streaming Diablo 4 on Twitch. You can find me hey, at dig it. horror underscore vomit underscore Chris. Uh, How is that going? That know. sounds fun, dude. Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah, it's just me playing video games and I push a couple buttons and the internet can see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> dig it. Very so, cool. So, I mean, it's, it's not like... We're changing lives here. It's just me getting high playing video games. Yeah. Hey. That's what Twitch is all about, homie. Exactly. And James? <sighs> what, yes. what, what yeah, and James, going? what do you have going on? What do I have going on? I am this close to cracking the code of formatting for the zine. It should be cool. out in two weeks because I have to wait another payday because copying shit is more expensive than I had originally thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pr- it's printing cool you're doing physical, actual physical magazines, though. That's well, cool. As well, it, it, there, there's, a, there's a logic behind this because there's two ways that you can gain people who are interested in you. You can get a thousand listeners to get something kind of niche, which is what Chris, Chris and I do with the horror podcast. It's mm-hmm. kind of niche. And the way that we present it is a little different. So we traditionally get a thousand listeners to have five regular. Why don't I just get my weird shit in a weird way to weird people? So for every one person that picks up this magazine, I might get three or four listeners mm. from one person. I see. Okay. Because they're already weird and at Quimby's bookstore looking at weird shit anyway. They've walked their ass down to the zine section, so they're obviously seeking something different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is the only, that's the main logic. Plus, I'm an old punk rocker, and the idea of publishing a zine is something I wanted to do back in the day, but didn't have the time or the wherewithal to do. Now I get to do it, and I'm like, fuck yeah, even if it tanks, I don't care. I'm doing 
no less than four of them because Sweet. then I can, you know, we can give them out as bonuses to a guest question if we ever yeah. get more listeners. And we'll uh, we'll probably drop them off at a few local bookstores, send them out a couple oh, yeah. of different places. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. But we are being are featured. Are they going to be horror vomit magazines? They're, okay, a fanzine. Don't don't think of a magazine. Remember back in the day, fanzines. You yeah, go yeah. to a punk show and it, it's a red red construction paper, stapled, folded in the middle. Oh, I fucking love it. Yes. Do you okay. see what? I, okay, so it's yeah. not a magazine. It's a zine. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. And one of my friends' wife yes. works at Quimby's bookstore and is not only going to feature this zine, but will interview me. Cool. Uh, so uh, cool. us, I'm sorry. We'll interview us on a side project. So I will have that out hopefully in two weeks. I is did my it. Show. I mean, we did it. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Alrighty. Yeah. So we got uh, we got stuff going on, and then yeah. I okay. So I should stop saying the thing on the show. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Done. Anybody? Anything else? Push the button. <laughs> Replicas. Man. Anything else? Uh, Anyone? Once again. Thank you for hosting. Thanks for making this possible. Oh, Great yeah. movie selection. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, whoever you may be, uh, more is coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're not going to advocate for any sort of horrible violence or anything that I can end this on with an exciting note there, nah. Brad? Push the button. Well, you know, I think once you've um, resurrected your family after slaughtering them and then transferred your brain into a robot and then slaughtered an entire staff of security team, there's really not much more you can do to beat that. Or you, know? you could just process guilt like a human fucking being. I'm just saying. Therapy well, works. there's no fucking movie in that, James. There never has been movies and people processing grief yet. Yeah, dumb didn't shit. you see the Joker? Is, is that it? <laughs> Should we be done? Cut that no. shit. That was.